Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome in to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's going on, my dude? What's up? It is Thursday, May 7th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Still in quarantine. We've been in quarantine for so long. It just feels like life now. Some some people are being freed. Some My people. state just opened up. Our state of Massachusetts just opened up golf courses. That's so like now a big victory for all the uh, golfers. Yeah. So I'll it's be I'll be golfing now as an activity because you can't do anything else. Yeah, I might do it too. Shoot. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. Um, we had our first mock draft on Tuesday. Uh, if you watched, congratulations. If you didn't, you suck and you should go watch. Uh, but to in honor of doing our first mock draft, I figured it was time for us to uh, drop some draft tips before sure. we get into a full uh, existential breakdown of the entire landscape of fantasy football over the next few months. Um, we're going to give you 10 draft tips. Uh, for the 2020 season, and we'll start with um, some QB sleepers that uh, some early, I guess, uh, do you want to call them early or are we in this now? They're not even early anymore. They're just yeah, sleepers. They're just sleepers at this point, yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about quarterbacks on our last show, uh, but I figured we would touch on it a little bit further, or at least sleeper quarterbacks a little bit further. Um, so we, we will discuss some of them, but before we do that, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on our, on our personal accounts. Our handles are in the video somewhere. Um, you can follow us, uh, our, our actual account at the FF champs on Twitter at the fantasy champions on Instagram. And you can like us at facebook.com forward slash the fantasy champions. Um, subscribe wherever you listen, Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Be sure to leave a comment down below. Uh, who, who your favorite sleeper is, because that would be helpful for us to yes. advise you not to do that. L- <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know, though, who people have as a sleeper for quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, be sure to leave a review if you're listening on any of our podcast platforms and share this podcast with your friends as normal. So let's talk about some sleeper QBs to start the show. Um. <sighs> What do you got, dude? What do you got for sleepers? Because um, I've thought about this quite thoroughly in the last week. Oh, have you? Yes. So for me, um, there's two guys that come to mind. I think you probably have the same one. Yeah. Um, for one of them, and that's Daniel Jones, uh, quarterback for the New York Giants. You don't. Okay, so you don't have Daniel Jones in your list. I might. I um, might. I might not. But there's somebody I like more than that. Okay. Uh. Daniel Jones, he's got a ton of weapons. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that you need as a young quarterback to have a breakout year. Um, he's, he's in a great situation where he's yep. got Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slade, Evan Ingram, Barkley healthy. The offensive line isn't yeah. great, but it's, it's decent enough. Um, and they added offensive line in the draft as mm. well with Andrew Thomas with the fourth overall pick. So... Like that team is building around Daniel Jones, and I can easily and he runs more than you think. Like he, I didn't get two rushing touchdowns this past year. He doesn't run a lot, but he runs enough where he mm-hmm. can make a fantasy impact. I think he could have a big year. And then another guy that I don't think you would say at all um, that I, I okay, I'm uh, interesting to me, intriguing to me is uh, Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke is okay. a very sleeper sleeper guy. Uh, I think he's ranked like 23 mm-hmm. on fantasy pros right now for quarterbacks. But um, that team has built around him in the offseason, and they really believe in him. And it's a year two quarterback like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Like these guys had those big years. He's got so much talent around him now with Mel- yeah. they added Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They still got Cortland Sutton. Noah Font is taking a year two step. It's a young team around him but it's a very, very talented team around him. Mm. Um, and that's a tough division that he's playing in, but there's no like elite defense in that division. Like the Chiefs okay. don't have a great defense. He plays twice a year. I think he'll light up the Chiefs. 
The Raiders are an average defense, so I, I don't I wouldn't be too concerned about that. And then the Chargers are it feels like they're gonna ride Terod Taylor, so I don't know how good that team is actually gonna be. Mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, Drew Locke could be a very sneaky guy that people are not has nowhere on anybody's radar that could have a good fantasy year. Yeah, I mean I think to your first guy Daniel Jones because I feel like that's gonna be one that we more <laughs> agree on. Um, I I do the point you made particularly on Daniel Jones's rushing was um, Mm -hmm. probably was the one I was probably going to bring up the most was like he didn't do too much rushing the football last year. Um, he played I think it was in fourteen games total. Yep. Um, so he did a decent job rushing. I think he has somewhat of a ceiling there. I think he could probably in a full season of starting. Uh, you could say 300 rushing yards, maybe like three or four touchdowns, which gives you a cap of like maybe, you know, 40 to 50 fantasy points on the ground, which is a good total, especially if the quarterback only reaches 265 to 275 through the air. Um, the yeah. talent around him obviously makes, it makes perfect sense for him to have success. I mean, he played in 13, started 13 games and had 24 touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he had a relatively decent season. Uh, they call him Danny Dimes for a reason. The only thing that I have concern with, um, yeah. and this holds me back a little bit on Daniel Jones, is that uh, he had 29 interceptable passes, according to Player Profiler, and 51 what they call danger plays, um, mm. which ranked fifth and second, respectively. Uh, so if he is making extremely dangerous throws all the time, um, the interception total will increase further than we would like it to, which, you know, a means he'll probably, he'll either completely suck or be really good. Like, and that's kind of concerning for me. It was, it was, there's a lot of uncertainty with him. Um, yeah, but that makes sense. It's a good, it's a valid argument, but so that was the only thing that stood out to me kind of when I was breaking him down originally, which, which is why he wouldn't be my number one guy. Um, like I told, like I said on the last show, I forgot about drew Locke totally as a person. Yeah, <laughs> some people have. There's a lot of people that like. Yeah, the, the Broncos don't have a quarterback. They should sign Cam Newton, and then they forget. Yeah, that so they drafted Drew Locke last year, and he was pretty good. He had like nine touchdowns and like two interceptions. In the in the four games that he started, he had, I want to say, well, let's just say let's let's put all five games in there. And the five games that he played last year, he had 18 total carries and 72 rushing yards, which I think is a relatively it's about four carries a game with about 14 rushing yards a game, which is a relatively decent like, you know, you talk about like a guy like Ryan Tannehill last year, he was always getting mm-hmm. 17 to 19 point games, but his rushing always got him past that 20 fantasy point mark, which is kind of where you want to be to have a good fantasy week. Yep. Um, and I think that's kind of what you see a little bit of Andrew Locke is that he's not a guy that's going to run it all over the field, but he'll probably no. rush for similar to um, Daniel Jones, the 300 yards and maybe a couple rushing touchdowns and throw him over the top on a week to week basis. I think he's a deeper kind of option. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did well with what he had. My concern is that a lot of what he has around him is extremely young talent. Yeah. That's the biggest concern for me with Drew Locke. So I, I think as far as sleepers go, I think Drew Locke could have some really good games. Um, this year, like a, you know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo or like what Daniel Jones sure. did last year, you know, they had a couple of, you know, 30 point games that you could ju- you know, look at and go, okay, this guy actually has the potential to be really good, but then mm-hmm. just have completely bad, terrible weeks. Like not, not somebody that you want to hold on your roster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you spend a 15th round pick on him and you really believe in him. Like, I, I don't judge that at all, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's going to have this breakout that we think he is. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with Drew Locke. But the other guy that you didn't mention, and I think I know who you think I'm going to say. I have, I have an idea. It's going to be Gardner. Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. It hurts my soul right. a little bit to even say this because there are, there's been a lot of reports floating around Jacksonville that they want to bring in another quarterback. Every time a quarterback becomes available, all the pundits go on television and say they need to pick him up. Why do they keep yep. doing that? Like, it's clear to me that Jacksonville wants to utilize McGardner Minshew. 
why it's why clear they... that they at least want to give him a chance so is is there other reports just people going the jacksonville jaguars are stupid for keeping a sixth round pick as a starter or is it somebody inside the organization leaking information that they kind of want to bring somebody in I, I don't know i don't i don't i don't know i think see the problem is i'm what i'm concerned about with Minshew is he was very good last year like people forget in fantasy too like he had some really good weeks he was he was a week to week guy. He you could stream him. Um, yeah, he was inconsistent with his streams, but he was a streamable player because uh, he can run the football. He threw like twenty one touchdowns to six interceptions, is a good ratio. Yeah, uh, it's very good. The problem that I have with Minshew though for this year is every indication and every expert, yeah, quote unquote, is saying they're tanking. Um, okay, which does concern me and. Like they didn't really do anything. Like they they added. What are they tanking for? The second round, <laughs> they're tanking for Lawrence. That's what I. That that's but like that's what everybody's saying. They're tanking for Lawrence. People are or, stupid, or, dude. Or they're just tanking for a star defensive player, a star offensive. This is probably what they were saying when Tom Brady came in and started for a full season. <laughs> season <laughs> after, oh, it was lucky they won a Super Bowl. It was lucky, but they're gonna tank. They're gonna tank for uh, yeah. Who's it? Gordon, ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, but um, no, I to me with, with Gardner though, like they, he has DJ Chark still. Yeah, but like other than DJ Chark, there's really nobody in that offense. They and they drafted it. Lavisca Sonal, right? Chanel. Yeah, and he's he's kind of a a player that they can use in like end arounds and punt returns, but he's not like like a pure receiver. Like there's better. He's a ta- he's a real talented player, yeah. but I don't think he can be a number two receiver in year one of his career. I could be wrong about that, but right. I don't know if he could be that. And then there's a very good chance Landon Fournette's not on the team by the time the season starts. Like they they've been wanting to trade him as well. Yeah, and they don't have a tight end. Their offensive line is average. Like it's, I don't know. I I I like Minshew. I love the player. I I will. I absolutely do. I just don't know what Jacksonville is doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. The fact that they spent a second round pick on a wide receiver because LaVisca Chenault was liked by a lot of people like as a top five was, guy in the draft. I like him too, yeah. Um, so they invested in their offense a little bit. They do still have Leonard Fournette. Um, I believe they... Did they draft some offensive linemen? They drafted defense remember. first two rounds and then they took Okay, all right. So anybody that round, they drafted so. at offensive yeah. line is not going to be good. So anyway... The big thing for me with Minshew was the touchdown to interception ratio. In your rookie yeah. year, to throw 21 touchdowns and six interceptions is extremely impressive. He threw 3,271 yards. They tried to go back to Nick Foles midway through the season, realized that was a bad idea. Uh-huh. And yeah. so uh, it, it ended up being, I think there was a bye week and then two games of Nick Foles, and then they went back to Gardner Minshew. And so Minshew had some decent weeks. You know, he had some, he didn't have, super impressive, you know, 30 point games, but he had some weeks where he was the, a top five. I think it was two, maybe three times. He was a top five quarterback in fantasy in, uh, yeah, no, it was two separate weeks. He was a top five quarterback in fantasy. So he has the ability to do that. The reason why I kind of like him is he reminds me of, you know, Baker Mayfield coming out of his rookie year. Now, a lot of people be like, Oh, red flags, red flags. But when Baker Mayfield came out of his rookie year, everyone was like, holy crap, Baker Mayfield, they added this guy. They're really excited about what yeah, he's going to no do doubt. this season yeah. and, and yeah. all of this stuff. And it made him a sixth-round pick. I think Gardner Minshew is what I wanted to be, wanted Baker to be last year, which is a late-round draft choice that could ascend into a you know, a very good quarterback for fantasy football next year. That's somebody that you can rely on on a week to week basis. Right. And, and so that just didn't happen. Baker just got overvalued. He pooped his pants, didn't have a really great season. Um, He could be a sleeper too, by the way. But uh, I think that Gardner Minshew is a guy that can come in this season. He's not really being talked about for, you know, fantasy football or in any aspect. I mean, they're, they're talking about, the Jags bringing in Cam Newton and starting him, you know, over Gardner Minshew. So it's like, right. what, you know what I mean? Like, there's just not a lot of hype surrounding this guy. And it's, it's something that you can invest in, right? If he played every single game last year, he probably would have eclipsed 4,000 yards and went over that 23, 24 touchdown total. 
And that's a very good rookie season to me. The thing that intrigues oh, yeah. me the most about Bo Baker is, I mean, uh, Bo Baker, uh, about Gardner is that he had 67 carries uh, for 344 rushing yards, which is 24 rushing yards a game with about five rushes. Um, he didn't rush for any touchdowns, which obviously that shows a little bit of concern in terms of what you expect production wise rushing yard uh, rush yeah. in the rushing category, I should say. But if he's going to rush for 70 to 100 times a season and get 400 rushing yards and maybe two to three touchdowns like a season, that's a good floor for games. You know, you're talking yeah. about a three fantasy point difference from if he goes out and he has a normal 17 fantasy point game like a Jimmy Garoppolo would do, but then you add that three, four fantasy point total plus maybe a rushing touchdown every once in a while, he's going to have 20 to 26 fantasy point weeks a lot more often than what people would think. Um, and I, th- I don't think he regresses in the passing touchdown category. I think he goes up. So I think there is concerns, like you said, with the, you know, receiving core and the weapons around him and all that stuff. But I, I think there's enough there. Like they, would you make the argument that their offense, they didn't lose anybody, but they didn't sure. get worse. You know, they got, yeah, they didn't get I, worse. They maybe have gotten slightly better offensively in terms of the weapons that they added. They, as of right now, I would say they haven't really gotten worse. They haven't really gotten better. They're kind of at the um, same spot. Yeah. But like some of these other teams that we've talked about have gotten a lot better from what they were last year, which might, because of that Jacksonville, yeah, might get worse just because other teams are getting better. But no, you're right. They, I, I would say like as of right now, they, they kind of have stayed the same. Yeah. Uh, so I mean we'll see we'll see how it how it plays out. He's just not I, I think the big thing that I like about him is that he's not like a super exciting guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's exciting in terms of he's Minshew Mania, he's got the stash. Right, he's, right. But like you know, he's not he's in Jacksonville. He's doesn't yeah, have right. an Odell Beckham with him. There's but no I see him as like I the see team him as is expected to be one of the worst in the NFL. Like yeah. there is no expectations for Minshew. Right. So, I mean, he could be a complete, but, but for me, like a 14th, 15th round selection, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? What if they trade for net? Does that hurt? Yeah, that hurts it a little bit. Okay. I just don't think they're tanking. I don't know what people are saying, but like their, their team isn't that good, but they're not that bad. Yeah. I, I honestly like they're in a weak division too, where they can win games. I yeah. Mean, I don't know if they're going to be like, they could very well easily finish last in the division or they could but, very well finish first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Did you know Gardner Minshew's Wonderlick score is 42? Really? <laughs> That's absurd. Wow. <laughs> Probably why he threw 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, so those are sleeper QBs. I agree with your Daniel Jones one. We both kind of differ on the secondary guy. Sure. Um, but I think you're safe to kind of look at Daniel Jones as a as a probably the best sleeper. Mm. Um, at this point, I'm trying to filter through a lot of the sleepers and figure out who's going to be a breakout. You know what I mean? So I, I don't really, I don't, haven't decided yet, but we'll get there. So let's move into our draft tips for 2020. We're going to try to keep these as concise as possible to give you a shorter episode to prepare you for the next few weeks and months of fantasy football content. Um, but let's yep. start with the very first one on our list. As always, you got to tier your players. You have your rankings. You go into your draft. They're all written down on, on a piece of paper. You got your top 10 running backs. You got your top 30 running backs or your top 700 running backs. If you're into that kind of thing, uh, you got your rankings and you're, you're going into your draft. You can't just look at your rankings and see them as, you know, a gospel and B as, as a finite thing, right? You might see a guy that is at the wide receiver position and they're the seventh wide receiver on the board. And you're at the 10th running back on the board. And you're like, Oh, I got to take the wide receiver because that's the guy that's on the board. Well, what tier are they in? You know what I mean? So generally speaking, what you do is you take your rankings or our rankings, use our rankings. (laughs) You take our rankings, which we tier and you say, yeah. okay, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, uh, they're both in the same tier, you know, and then Kamara, Zeke, and whoever is in the third tier, right? I mean, the second tier. So then yeah. you're drafting, and you notice that five wide receivers go in the first round, you have three running backs off the board, and you still have a tier two running back in Ezekiel Elliott at pick eight, 
in the first round. You're going to take the tier two running back over maybe a tier three wide receiver because it's a higher tier. So it's not necessarily where the player is on the ranking in terms of like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to take the seventh wide receiver over the 10th running back. It's what tier they're in talent wise. Um, And so you might, you might ask, how do you tier your guys? Right. And Mm -hmm. basically all you got to do is, is kind of look at your rankings and go, what groupings do I see? Like, are Camara? I mean, you know, is is um, where is there a drop off? Right, where is there a drop off? But like, are Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are are they the same? You're not type of player, but are they in the same category? You know what I mean? That yes. they're automatically yeah. top five running backs. You know that kind of thing. Right. And then like, do you see any kind of drop off? And where do you see that drop off? That's where you draw a line. Mm. So that's kind of it, it. It makes more sense later down when you start getting into rounds four or five when you're drafting because there are going to be runs on running backs in your draft. There are going to be runs on wide receivers in your draft, yep. and you don't want to follow those <laughs> run on quarterbacks, tight ends, whatever it is. But yeah. you don't want to necessarily follow those runs because while that run is happening, there might be a guy in a specific Some, tier yeah. that you can snag. Exactly. And you can take advantage of. Um, yeah, number two for us is target guys, but don't overvalue them. So, like, what that means is, for example, Morgan here loves Todd Gurley this year. I always love Todd I Gurley. I do, too. I, I mean, I like Todd Gurley, too, because of where he is. Love but you, Todd. He's going in, like, the seventh round, right? So Morgan loves Todd Gurley. He he wants to draft Todd Gurley. It does not mean he's going to draft him in the <laughs> second round, though, because he likes him over Aaron Jones. You should have used David Montgomery as an round. example. Well, we could. There's there's a lot of examples we could use, but <laughs> um, yeah. So he's targeting the player, but he's not going to draft. Because you know, him I'm going to draft round. Montgomery in the second. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, you can do that all you want, man, because I'm in a league with you. So, yeah. but um, yeah, no, he's targeting the player, so yeah. we can use David Montgomery. David Montgomery is going in the fourth round. He's not going to draft, even though he wa- he's saying he's going to draft in the second round. He's not yeah. actually going to draft him in the second round. Um, don't yeah, overvalue yeah, don't, don't him. Do don't dra- don't go out of the way to take him when you yeah. know you can get him later in the draft. Right. Um, and like you're you're, you're saying to yourself, well, if you like a guy, you want to take him. Well, if that's the case, like you can still have a player in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. Get him, get a good player in the third round as well. And if Montgomery's not there in the fourth round, there's still a lot of good players in the fourth round. It's not, you don't want to like yeah. have a chance to ruin your team because you want David Montgomery in the second round. <laughs> uh, Cause then if David Montgomery is not good, you're going to lose out on second round players, which is not a good thing at all. Take it from me last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you, you don't you do you do want to target guys like it's totally fine to be like like i wanted yeah to have Patrick guys Mahomes you like two years ago uh last year i was wrong but i wanted tyler boyd like there's there's guys like that you like and you want to draft and that's fine but don't go out of your way to take them three four rounds early so i have a quick example for this we had a guy in our sure. league because i've i've done this before i think we all have done this before we've where done we this yeah overvalue absolutely. guys but last year I took I took this draft tip to um, to stake in our draft, and even though I really wanted to draft Montgomery, probably in the second round I avoided it, and somebody else took him in like the third. Yeah. And it ended up working out big time for me. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless of that scenario, we had a guy in our league who drafted Damian Williams with the eleventh pick. Oh yeah, he loved him and loved the guy. Drafted Damian Williams. I think he drafted. Um, Amari Cooper with like the 15th, 16th pick. So there was a lot of guys that he just really liked and he jumped ahead of to, to draft. Yeah. And, um, and then it didn't work out for his team and Damian Williams ended up getting hurt and sucking the entire season. Yeah. Generically speaking, his um, team could have been a lot different if he took a different Oh yeah. Player if he took a different, he wasn't bad. There. He was right. not a bad team. He was like 500. So there are going to be guys that you absolutely love. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are going to be guys that you're super duper excited about and like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know what I mean? I'm super excited about him. I want to draft him. He's on the Chiefs. He's a Chiefs running back. It's super awesome. But you got to weigh A, the pros and cons, and B, what the value of the actual player is. I don't care if you love a player. That doesn't mean you should draft him in the first round. If you love Drew Brees, that doesn't mean you should draft him with the fifth pick in your draft. Right. Like that's a surefire way to suck at fantasy or football. Or first overall. <laughs> or first overall. Yeah. Always we've had Shout before. out. 
Yeah. You know but who you are. anyway, so it's like, if you want to have success at fantasy football, then you need to understand where guys are going and what their value is. Because if you don't understand the value of guys, you're, you're going to draft bad regardless, but you're going to have guys that right. you're, you like, you know, and obviously I have guys this year that I like, like Todd Gurley right now, his yeah. ADP is in the seventh round. So does that mean that I go out and draft Todd Gurley in the fourth round? No, I wait till the seventh round and get him. If somebody else buys me, buys him in front of me, then that's, that is what it is, but I'm not going to waste a draft pick. The very earliest you should do is like one round round early. Right. And even, even that you don't want to do unless your next pick isn't until like the end of it. Like, let's say you're picking top of the sixth end of the seventh. Like right and then and, and Gurley's projected to go like let's say like first pick of the seventh round mm-hmm. and you have the first pick of, or one of the, not first pick but an early pick in the sixth round you can be like all right I'm probably not going to get him with my next pick this is the yeah. absolute latest I can get him while he's still on the board right. unless he falls which I don't think he will because it's Todd Gurley I'll take him right here that's fine yeah um, but just don't don't take him in the fourth round like you said and I think I think too this could be a tip in and of itself. But I think you can also look at your draft, right? And for me, I I like to use foresight into each round. So you look at your teams, you're in the third round, and there's three teams in front of you before your next pick. And you're picking, you know, in the third round, and then you're, you know, I don't even want to make up a pick, but say it's four picks later, for example. And all the teams in front of you have taken, you know, two running backs, it's clear to me that there is about to be a run on wide receivers, right? Yep. And that if there, I'm like, oh, I need, you know, I need a running back. But, you know, instead of taking a running back there, because I know these four guys are going to take wide receivers, I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm going to take the wide receiver ahead of these players and then take yeah. my running back in the next round, even though I may want that guy. Um, I did something like that to you in our, our previous draft. I know you wanted in the last one, you wanted Kenyon Drake. Um, and I wanted Kenyon Drake and we both knew yeah. that. And so what I decided to do is take Kenyon Drake one round earlier, uh, yep. than I would have or initially to, uh, get him ahead of you. So I kind of knew where your value was of him and I knew what my value was of him. And I was like, okay, if I really want this guy on my team, is it worth the risk to do it? I weighed the pros and cons and I did it. Didn't really work out in the first three weeks, four weeks of the season. But regardless, um, if you do like a guy, it's not an over exaggeration to go one round early on a person, especially if you, if you want them, but don't be taking a guy in the second round (laughs) that, you don't be taking a guy in the first round that could be available in the second round because you like them. That's stupid, but yeah. it's okay to draft slightly early. It's not okay to just blow ADP out of the water and yeah, exactly. Draft the guy. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to number three, uh, using strength of schedule. I wish I had done a little bit more of this last year when we drafted. Um, I didn't use this tip too much last year for some no, reason. I didn't either. Um, but looking at this, you know, looking at your schedule for the entire season and evaluating whether or not a guy has like whether you're doing projections or, you know, just ranking guys, figuring out how hard a person's schedule might be on a week to week basis. And, yeah. you know, even if you want to get that far ahead of it, see if their schedule is good in weeks 14, 15 and 16, which happen to be your playoffs. So, um, but using strength of schedule to understand whether a guy's going to be good or bad is super crucial to fantasy success. A lot of people were high on Sony Michelle last year. Patriots had a hard schedule, um, as far as rushing was concerned. So, you know, Sony Michelle didn't have the best year and a lot of people drafted him early and they found out, ah, that wasn't really as good as you thought. Uh, and then, you know, as you went along during the season, you figured out, oh, this guy's not... (laughs) It's not as good as I thought he was. You know what I yeah. mean? So anyway, you got to use strength of schedule when you're drafting. It's hard to predict, um, but just go through team by team and just figure out what they added defensively. Did they make right. any massive changes that would change? You know, you can always Google it too. Don't be afraid to like look up. Oh yeah. Top yeah. Projected defenses or whatever. And then yeah. Just definitely. Go by that. Um, if you don't want to do research on it. Right. Exactly. I, I get it. Right. A offensive line, as a side note, offensive, you can find a PFF's offensive line rankings every single year. Um, yeah. and, and that helps you tremendously, uh, figuring out if a quarterback or a running back is going to have a lot of success, 
But strength of schedule is a huge, 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 huge thing to add into your draft planning. Because if you don't know where a guy is getting, you know, like if a guy is getting drafted super early and they have a wicked tough schedule, what is that going to kind of predict for them on the season? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, using strength of schedule is very, actually very important. Um, It is kind of hard. You said like, even the playoffs, it is kind of hard for that because you don't know what's going to happen during the season. Yeah, it gets different. Like injuries, trades, some right. some teams get better, some teams get worse. Um, yeah, but especially like the first few weeks of the season, like you mm-hmm. should have a pretty good idea what's a hard matchup and what's not. And strength of schedule is, I, I mean, it's huge. If you don't have yeah. McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, like, or Michael Thomas, like the yeah. top, top players, everybody, like it does not, schedule usually doesn't affect those guys. But for pretty much every other player in the league, like after your first round, mm-hmm. it's going to affect the players. Right. Um, especially quarterbacks, like some of the sleepers we were talking about. It'll affect Gardner Minshew. It'll affect Drew Locke. It'll yeah. affect Daniel Jones. Whether, mm-hmm. And we don't know if any of those guys, like what their schedules are going to look like. Uh, and the, the schedule actually comes out tonight. So by the time this comes out and people yeah, are watching, you, can, you can will s- know the schedule. Yeah. Kind of start getting an idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like i mean schedule is huge especially for quarterbacks especially for quarterbacks yeah um and even even running backs and wide receivers to to some degree yeah as long as like i said it's not a first round guy who can just play no matter what doesn't matter who they're playing against schedule matters so how do you how do you just quickly how do you implement the strength of schedule strategy into your draft i think um it, it would go into like rankings too. I think like if you're stuck on two players, so let's say you're stuck yeah. on uh, Juju and Odell, right? They're both right now in the seventh round. It's probably not going to last. They'll yeah. move up to like fifth round guys, but a lot of people have them kind of in the same boat of disappointing last year, but still really talented. Um, and to me, that's where I would, I would factor it in because I'd be like, well, Juju's got the easier schedule. So I think I'll go with Juju yeah. over Odell. Right. Um, so that that's probably where I'd factor in. The I think I think the other side of it too is is um, division is is a huge chunk of the schedule. So even if you even if you're not going to be able to see like you know, you know the NFL schedule always works like this. You play your own division twice, and then you play at least one other mm. or two other divisions, right? So. Yep. Are the divisions that they're playing generally considered weak or not? You know what I mean? So like, you know, for the Patriots, you know, in the AFC East or not, I I mean the AFC East, not the Patriots, Patriots fan coming out. But for the AFC East, the AFC East is generally sucky. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're always terrible. Um, Every single team in it, it doesn't really do that well. Um, the Bills were good last year. There's always a random team that does really well, yeah. but the entire AFC East this year, there's nothing exciting coming out of it. You know what I mean? So right. you can generally say that's a weaker division or like when you were talking about Jacksonville, they do have a weaker division, which might help Gardner Minshew in the long run. Um, sure. But strength of the schedule, strength of schedule really helps in predicting those, those sleepers, those middle round picks to kind of figure out, you know, what direction you go, because there was, all, there's some guys that are just Christian McCaffrey is matchup proof. Yep. Saquon Barkley matchup proof Zeke to some extent is matchup. I remember a game. I was so nervous about starting Zeke against the Eagles and he got 28 fantasy points. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, that's the, that's the big thing is like, it's so, you know, there are guys that are going to be matchup proof. There are guys that aren't going to be matchup proof and you just kind of have to figure out, you know, who they are. And then once you get into those rounds where you're trying to predict who the sleepers are, you can jump into that conversation of, you know, you, you know, drafting one guy or, or ranking one guy over another. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Number four is don't be afraid to draft for a trade. So what this means is, so let's say me and Morgan are <laughs> in the fourth round let's and we're go. back to back. We are the, we are the, we are that guy that likes to trade a lot in your league. That's both me and Rick. So imagine being yeah. in the league with us. It's the fourth round and I, and it, it, all the players I wanted in the fourth round off the board. Yeah. Right. All the guys right. that I was targeting, I'm like, dude, this stinks. I don't know what to do. And I got one minute on the clock. I don't know what I'm going to do here. And then I see the top player available is David Montgomery. Right. Morgan's and I know winning. Morgan's picking right behind Ooh. me. And that's who he's going to pick if I don't take Montgomery. Yeah. So, and I have no other options at this point. I feel like all the guys I wanted mm-hmm. at this point, or not all the guys, 
there are other guys that I want, but it would be a reach to take them at this spot. The yeah. guys that I wanted just got picked right. like late third, early fourth. So I decide here to take David Montgomery. Uh, and I don't even want David Montgomery on my team. I already yes. have two running backs. He's he's going to be a flex or a bench guy. I don't really did need to Did you just theoretically David steal David Montgomery from me? I did. Wow. But it's okay because I'm going to make it up to you. Because... I only drafted David Montgomery. You're gonna shaft me in a trade. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna want to trade with me. Yes, that's yeah. that is um, drafting for a trade. So I know Morgan wants this player. Yeah. So I'm gonna draft him just to trade him to Morgan after the draft or before week one or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I would suggest taking like if if there's somebody on the board obviously that fell to you or you wanted, I would do that before you do this. But this is sort of a thing where you you're like nobody's on the board that I wanted. Yeah. They all because that happened to me like three times last year where I was like at the end of the round I had the tenth overall pick in the ten team league. So in the third round I had the tenth pick in the third round, and I had all these guys circled that I liked: Amari Cooper, Aaron Jones. Yeah. And they all went. Those were the two picks before me: Cooper and Aaron Jones. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't really know what to do, and I think I took Melvin Gordon. So. <laughs> Um, partially you know, worked out. You held on partially. to him all season. I did, yeah. Um, but I could have traded him too yeah. before we go on. No, that's true. If I would have, if I would have take, t- taken Montgomery there at the end of the third round, I could have par- maybe swapped that with you. Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah, I would have much preferred negotiate. You would have ended up with uh, way more than I would have wanted to give up. Yeah, Montgomery went like two picks after me. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, yeah. That's what I should have done in that spot. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, definitely, I think a lot of people are more worried about their construction of their roster than understanding that you can trade guys away later. Um, and we don't want to lead you yeah. down a path that's stupid. Like, don't draft a running back in every single round for the entire draft. No, no, don't do that. Because <laughs> that would not make any sense. But. Um, for me, you know, like if I'm, if I'm in the first two rounds and, you know, I go through the first round and we'll talk about a little bit later staying flexible, but you know, I draft a running back in the first round or running back in the second round, I flip to the third round and I draft a running back in the third round and I'm sitting there going, okay, I have no wide receivers, but a run on wide receivers starts. And I have a guy that just falls in my lap in the fourth round. Your heart says, don't draft the running back, but your mind says, I have four running backs that could be all RB ones and this league at some point is going to need an RB one. Somebody's yeah. going to need it. And so you can go around and you draft that guy and then end up trading him away. So it's like, you don't have to stick to that hardened. I need to fill roster spots on my roster strategy. What I, what I tend to do in drafts, I don't even draft kickers and defenses anymore. Yeah. Like people are like, Oh, why would you not do that? I'm like, I just completely avoid it altogether. I draft as many running backs and, and wide receivers as I can. Right. And mm. I look for trades right after the draft. I, I try to find people. I traded Darius guys last year for Kenny Galladay after week one. And it's like, it's that kind of stuff that I, I didn't, I like Darius guys, but you know, that was a pick that was more of a value pick for me, a guy that I could draft just to trade away, yeah, you know? And, and so it's like huge home run for you. Your team is never going. And I ended up trading Galladay away. I'm so mad at myself, but anyway, um, but I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, you shouldn't just go into your draft with the strategy of drafting by, you know, by position. Oh, I need, I need a running back here. I need a wide receiver here. Yeah, exactly. Draft value. You know what I mean? Right. Like draft the guy that's most valuable at that spot. And then, you know, you can, you'll, you'll either hit a home run and end up having a really good player on your team or, or you can, you know, slide down, you know, and trade, trade the guy away and get more value out of him. It just depends. But I think, you know, not being afraid of drafting a guy with the intention of trading him is, is, you know, like if I'm sitting there at number one, you know, I may not want like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm stupid. I, I would want Christian McCaffrey on my team, but I know you love Christian McCaffrey. Right. You would sell the house. You'd yeah. sell a first and a second round pick for McCaffrey. And yeah. so if I know I'm going to get that, I can have two second round picks, a first pick, a first round pick, you know, and, and like have three players out of the first two rounds instead of the one. I might be willing to do that. You know, now I'm not saying go out and trade Christian McCaffrey after you draft him, but it's just that kind of thing where yeah. it's like if a guy you really, you know, another team really likes and you trade for him. So it's a, it's a smart strap. But anyway, 
Uh, number five, follow the ADP. Um, so ADP is, is probably the biggest tool that you're going to have in drafts. Mm. And maybe in a future draft guide, we will uh, <clears throat> be announcing soon. Uh, but in a draft guide, we will have information about how to do this. But follow, basically what I mean by follow the ADP is essentially coming up with a strategy to study the ADP of knowing where certain players are. So what I, what I usually do is, is just download all of the ADP for every position. You can go on fantasy pros and do that. I believe, but right before your draft, download all the ADP, go through every single, like every single draft pick all the way down and highlight guys you want and highlight guys you don't want. Right? So guys that you're avoiding guys that you're not avoiding, which I don't think everyone's avoidable, but that's beside the point. So once you have right. your list of highlighted guys, what you do is you find out what your pick is. So you say you're, you know, you know, your pick five, you know that you're going to be five and then 16 and then, you know, 25 and then 36. And you just keep going back. You know what your pick's going to be. You go to that ADP and you make a list of guys, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five guys that could be available at that pick. Maybe, you know, the guy is get going a few picks before you, but you know they might fall to you. You can add them to that list. So basically what this creates is a foolproof plan of understanding who's going to be on the board at what time to give you a strategy on how to approach your entire draft based on where your pick is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can go in and go, okay, I know that generally speaking, there's a lot of wide receivers going in the middle of the first round. I might be able to snag a high quality running back at pick five and then go into the next round and then get a wide receiver when a run on running backs begins. And you just kind of plan out your draft as you go, but you know what's happening. And one of the things that everyone complains about in fantasy football is getting sniped in your draft by somebody. It happens to all of us. Well, there's a guy we like Montgomery. I got sniped on Montgomery last year and I was pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Monty's so bad. But anyway, uh, so I got sniped in the draft and you get so frustrated. You're like, this is, this is horrible. Like I'm, I'm so mad about being sniped. And then all you want to do is snipe the other person back, but you get, you know, it it turns into a situation where you, you lose control of your entire draft just because one pick destroyed you. If you have a plan in place where, you know, these five guys are going to be available. I want this guy, but I'm okay with this guy. If that guy comes off the board. You know, having that strategy and, and plan in place, you know, that team snipes you and they feel like they sniped you, but you're, you're indifferent because you already had a plan in case that happens. It creates a plan on top of a plan um, and, and basically creates a strategy to help you successfully maneuver your draft without being uber confused when things just don't go your way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's generally how I use ADP, but even just, you know, understanding and studying what ADP is and where guys are going will give you an idea of what their value is in drafts. I mean, it's not an exact science, obviously. Like there's going to be people taking players way early, way late, all that stuff. But ADP is one of your best friends in in a fantasy draft. It, like you said, it gives you an idea of what's going to happen. And it also gives you an idea. Like this guy should not, this guy's ADP is really high. Why is he here in the fifth round? Yeah. You know, like for you with Chris Godwin last year and look how that turned out. Right. So ADP is definitely, definitely like a big, big part of drafts. Right. Um, number six for me is uh, it's don't panic. Don't panic. And this kind of kind of um, goes with number four, which is don't be afraid to draft or trade. Like if it don't panic. So like if if you're in the fourth round yeah. and it's not going the way you want, don't panic. Don't don't start taking guys like don't be like oh my gosh I I need I've taken three running backs I need a wide I, receiver drafts I'm Antonio take a Brown wide receiver and yeah <laughs> doesn't have a football team <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> like let's say you take running your yeah. you, your your plan that was bulletproof was you're gonna take Zeke in the first round and then you're gonna take a running back that sounds in the like a great plan and then you're gonna go receiver receiver right yeah let's say you do that let's that go. was your plan. Right, you do, and it works perfectly. First two rounds, boom, you get Zeke, and then boom, you get a wide receiver. And now the third round comes, and the wide, or you got another running back. So you get two running backs the first round. Now the third round comes, and you need a wide receiver. 
all the, and there was just a run on wide receivers and the best wide receiver is like in the fifth round. Yeah. But, but Joe Mixon is available in the third round or someone who is projected to go like top yeah. of the second round. Take, take Joe Mixon. Don't take the value. Don't yeah. like, yeah, don't be, don't be panicking. The theme is always take the plan. value. Right. Exactly. There's common themes here. Um, don't panic is just like, yeah, like it, the draft's not always going to go your way. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's never going to go, go your way. Yeah. Like you can use ADP and like ADP is extremely helpful. But it's not going to go exactly according to, to the ADP. Yeah. Um, but just you got to don't panic and just continue to follow the other tips. Yeah. And just take take like you said the have vibe. fun with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. Like have it's, have fun with it. It's your you know I spend like an, an inordinate amount of time planning for one fantasy draft. <laughs> A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people have like 12 and you know, I, I, I have a lot of leagues too. I'd like to, fo- I like to focus on just like three or four instead of having like seven or eight, like most people do. Um, right. I find it more fun when you can focus on three, but anyway, um, yeah, like going into drafts and understanding, you know, like, yeah, there's a plan and then there's not completely losing your mind when the plan doesn't go and it, and it like <laughs> right, right. falls into shambles. You know, I, I walk into my draft with a complete idea of what I'm going to do. And then, like I said earlier, somebody snipes me and, and all of a sudden I'm completely collapsing internally because I didn't get David Montgomery and my draft right. blows up. Uh, you know, it just there's no reason to start freaking out. Have fun with it. Enjoy your time sticking those stickers on the draft board. And uh, yeah. and don't don't over, you know, don't overthink literally every pick because you panicked in yourself into drafting Antonio Brown in the third round. Um, so number seven right. is a uh, mock draft a lot. This is like my probably favorite one out of all of them. Um, it's not yeah. an intense strategy, but man, I did last year, whether it was preparing for our, our home league or it was just practicing for the show. I probably did upwards of maybe 500 mock drafts. Um, which sounds like an absurd, a lot. It sounds like a lot coming out of my mouth, to be honest with that you. That does but. sound like an insane amount, dude. Like. But you could easily do like 10 of these a day, <laughs> like just screwing around. Like, it, like it, honestly, like sleeper, they do auto picks like based on minutes, ADP yeah. with, but it's, yeah, like you could do a whole draft in five minutes. So it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm, instead of going on, you know, Facebook for two hours, I sit there and I do mock drafts, but using right. that strategy, you know, using all of these strategies together to completely practice your draft about, you know, maybe, you know, you have pick four, like I was saying earlier, you know, yep. you do enough mock drafts, you know, for example, last year, I was like, okay, I want to take a wide receiver in the second round because that's what the draft looks like it's doing. But I'm like, at my pick right now, the ADP has Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. And I'm like, I don't want one of those guys. It didn't really work out with the pick I took, but follow me. Um, So I was like, I was, I literally, before the draft, I had done so many mock drafts that I was like, and about 95% of the mock drafts that I've done, Odell, Michael Thomas, and um, Amari Cooper, or maybe it wasn't Amari Cooper. I can't. There was no, three wide receivers. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. I knew one of those three guys based on me mock drafting. All three of them weren't falling to my ADP if you were just following the ADP. But I did so many mock drafts that I knew 95% of the time, one of those three guys was going to fall to me. And so I got to my draft and I'm like, I'm just going to draft one of the three guys. And I said, I literally said that before the draft. I'm like, I'm not even going to plan for it. And if it doesn't yeah. happen then I'll, I'll have a different strategy in mind. But I knew that if one guy didn't get taken, there were going to be other guys available. So what happened was, is Odell ended up falling to me and Michael Thomas almost did. I was so, I would have been so psyched if I got Michael, Thomas. but it ended up being, uh, it ended up being um, Odell Beckham. And, but I ended up getting him in the second round and I was prepared for that scenario because I was mock drafting the crap out of our league. And so, you know, I knew at my pick, this is where it was going to go. Like, you know, for example, Chris Godwin consistently, I understood the ADP and knew he was going in the fourth round, sometimes falling to the fifth. But when I got to the sixth round and I saw Chris Godwin on the board, there was no way I could say no to that. I had to take him. So, you know, you understand what's happening in your draft. The more you practice, the better you're going to be, the more prepared you're going to be. 
yeah exactly and and mock drafts are fun too like it's not like it's like a yeah. work like you said like i did 500 sounds crazy it does sound crazy but like mock drafts like they're all like if fun. you sit on facebook for two hours like you can get like a hundred <laughs> mock drafts done like everyone listening to. to this podcast is like who goes on facebook for two hours anymore <laughs> you know well we'll say instagram unfortunately, people sure um but yeah no like honestly like liking that just, just like, you can continue sitting there double tapping that girl's picture that doesn't like you or <laughs> you could go mock draft which is probably the reason why she doesn't wise like words <laughs> wise words yeah because you're mock drafting it's the, instead of texting her yeah um but yeah no like honestly like dude just mock draft yeah. like it's it's easy and honestly like when i do it like i'll do a mock draft and i'll be like that was that was easy i'll do another one at a different spot and just see how it plays yeah, out right um, it's fun. It's easy, and it's very helpful. It's the very other thing, helpful. the other thing that I'll note, and this this seems really intense, which I didn't actually do last year, but I just had a thought about it. Mock draft other people in your draft, their positions to see what they might have available yeah. at their pick. Because if you know what other people are going to do, it makes your draft a lot easier. You know, if you if you know, oh, these these three guys are going to be available for you know, John in our league. And I know he really likes this particular player or he likes to take this particular, this kind of player at this area. Yeah. You'll, you'll be able to predict where guys might actually go more accurately. Sure. Um, yeah. Number eight is stay flexible. Uh, oh, it, it's kind of going with the, love with it. the theme. It's kind of going with the theme. Uh, and like what I was saying earlier, like you have a plan, two wide receivers, then two running backs or so two running backs and wide receivers. And it doesn't work yeah. like that stay flexible like take the best guy uh like staying flexible is kind of just being like i can do this i can do that i can do that and no matter what happens yeah. it's going to work out for me because i have a plan um you know you just it, it, it goes with the theme that we've been saying this draft whole time. for value man draft for value exactly like staying flexible is very important but it's also very easy to do like if you have a plan and you use all these, you've mock draft, you've, you're following the ADP. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not panicking. You're like, you, you understand what's going on and you're like, okay, well, if this guy gets taken here, mm -hmm. I know I can take him. And that's okay if this guy gets taken because I can go here. Yep. Like, and if all of that doesn't work, I can always draft this guy. Yeah. Like staying flexible. Like you have, you, like you have the ability to kind of go in multiple different directions, which you need in the draft because Honestly, like stuff is going to happen that yeah. like somebody's going to take Drew Brees first overall, <laughs> <laughs> or take Damian Williams at pick eleven, or take Damian Williams at yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, no, it's most definitely about staying flexible in your drafts. It's like a combination. You you could mix. Don't panic and stay flexible together. Exactly. Into yeah. One yep. into one tip. But the way that I kind of look at this is that there there are two types of drafters. There is uh, my brother. One of my brothers who walks in with a sticky note after doing two mock drafts the day of the draft. And then there is me who does this inordinate amount of planning and mock drafting and thinking and planning. And I think there's good things and bad things to both extremes, right? Yeah. You have the planning, you know, I understand what players are going to do. I can make more accurate projections. Whereas the guy who's just completely flexible goes into the draft and says, Oh, well, you know what? This happened. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to draft this guy. You know what I mean? They yeah. just kind of follow yeah. what's happening in the draft. Go so they're, the flow. they go with the flow. Now I, I find it a happy medium to have that preparation because most people who are listening to this podcast in the middle of March are yeah, probably one of those people like me that are planning, 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 planning for their fantasy football draft. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yep. for me, I'm doing the same thing. But what you have to understand is you got to be like that. Even though that guy walks into the draft with a sticky note and makes fun of you for doing all your planning and it pisses you the frick off. You have to almost be like them in a way where you don't, don't go in unprepared, like be completely prepared. No, Use no, all no. these if tips, mock draft a lot. If you have both, it's you're, you're going to kill the, the draft. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, I think a lot of people go into the draft too much with a plan. 
you know, they go in with like, okay, I'm going to draft two running backs first and then a wide receiver in the third. And then this, if you're doing that, it doesn't work. Like you're not going to have a successful draft because you're tying yourself to a particular strategy. You know, the people who say, well, do wide, two wide receiver strat. I'm like, no, there's, there's no reason to, to look at a draft and say, Oh, I'm going to go two wide receivers. If that's what ends up happening, you have a plan for that. If two running backs ends up happening, then you have a plan for that. If you go wide receiver and running back in the first two rounds, there's a plan for that. But you have to understand that it's always about flexibility. Know who you're going to take in the first round. If you get to the second round and there's a guy that was on that's on the board, this is what this is why tiering your rankings and following the ADP that all matters because yep. if you were prepared enough coming into the draft, you'll know, oh, this guy is a tier three running back and we're we're supposed to be on tier five right now. I'm going to take this guy. Um, and staying yeah. flexible in that mindset instead of instead of being like putting yourself in a box and going, okay, I need a quarterback, I need a tight end, I need two wide receivers, I need three running backs, I need you know this, this, and this, and I want to draft them all in this order. Instead of sticking to a complete strategy, stay flexible. So prepare and stay flexible. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree more. So so number nine, as we finish this up relatively quickly. Yep. Um, we didn't put this on our draft guide or, uh, not draft guide, but our, we didn't put this on our draft tips episode last year. Um, but we threw it into this one because I felt like we talked about it in an absurd amount last year. And I feel like it's a, it's a great strategy, uh, that people don't use, uh, well, they use it, but there are still people out there who draft quarterbacks and tight ends in the first couple of rounds and it hurts my soul. Well, you know, you know, Lamar Jackson's going first overall in a lot of drafts this year. Yeah, dude, people are stupid. But anyway, um, if you're listening to this podcast, please don't, we're begging you for the sake of winning your league. Please don't draft Lamar first. Um, you got to build. We talked about it before in many episodes. You have to build the core of your team. You can't, win fantasy championships with just a quarterback. You can't win fantasy championships with Travis Kelsey as your tight end, Like you can, but it's hard. If you're, if you're wasting early draft picks on quarterbacks and tight ends, it gets really hard for you to win your league. Um, And so for me, basically running backs and wide receivers are the core of your team and should be the core of your draft. I don't draft kickers and defenses because I want to draft running backs and wide receivers. To be honest with you, if I did, if I came out of the draft without a quarterback and a tight end, people would call me stupid, but I'd be happy with it because I'd rather have running backs and wide receivers. The more running backs and wide receivers you have, the more draft capital. I mean, the more trade capital you have, the more opportunity you have for success. Um, I'm not saying don't draft tight ends and quarterbacks. They're still valuable somewhere in the draft. But for me, you got to build the core first. You got to get your two running backs. You got to get your two wide receivers. I would do that however long it takes you. If you draft five running backs first and then you draft two wide receivers and you don't get a quarterback until round 10, I'm okay with that. Or your tight end. Like just draft until you have your core running backs and your core wide receivers and then move on from there there's no reason to be wasting high draft capital picks on quarterbacks and tight ends unless you're in a super flex or six point touchdown fantasy league there is no reason in a half ppr 12 team league that has one quarterback you should be wasting a first round pick on lamar jackson no reason i agree 100 uh and like some people get this confused like you obviously it is it is nice to have Lamar Jackson on your football team, right? right? Yeah, I get that. But it's easier to trade for Lamar Jackson than it is well, to get two. I try. Well, it's 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 <laughs> obviously hard, but it yeah. is easier to trade for Lamar Jackson than it is to get McCaffrey and uh, Nick Chubb on your team. Like if you go yeah. McCaffrey Chubb round one two. Like your running backs are insane. And then right. you get two starting receivers. You also have two running backs and two receiving spots to fill. You can get lucky with a quarterback yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, like on the waiver wire or something, or you draft one late one, one with upside, which we'll get to. And he ends up being good. You're good at quarterback. That's all you got to do. Same thing yeah. with tight end last yep. year. We saw Darren Waller. We saw Mark Andrews. We saw uh, even Hunter Henry at a time was that uh, was all, all those guys were on the waiver wire yeah, um, and ended up being top tight ends. Like you can mm-hmm. get a tight end off the waiver wire or a tight end late and plug them in and you're set. 
let's say you go quarterback tight end first two rounds Mm -hmm. like and you need a wide receiver you need a wide receiver and a running back you might hit on a wide receiver but you still need a running back or you have two wide you have two good running backs because the third fourth round you go running back running back and then you go receiver receiver and those two receivers both blow Mm -hmm. you're not going to get two good receivers in the waiver wire that's not going to happen or late in the draft like it's it's well it could happen but it is hard it's much it's harder. much harder to much do because you got to fill two spots. Yeah. Like to me, it's it's just planning wise, it is much better to get like you said, yeah. running backs and receivers, build the core of your team. You get draft capital, like you said, which you can later trade mm-hmm. to get a quarterback. If, if if you can't get a quarterback late and there's no good ones on the waiver wire, you all of a sudden have the best bench of running backs and receivers yeah. that a team that has like a let's say a Lamar Jackson probably really needs running backs and receivers. Yeah. Because they took a quarterback early. So you can kind of flip that during the season. The big thing for me, too, is is the fact that quarterback and tight ends a lot harder to stream, but it's possible. Quarterbacks sure. and tight ends are streamable positions. And so they are wasting. I know it, it's nice to have a tight end on your team Especially for the whole season, deep, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and have a quarterback on your team and not have to worry about that streaming situation. But it opens you up for way more opportunity to get high, high value running backs and wide receivers. Because that, like I said, that's the core of the team. That's the middle, that's the meat and potatoes of your fantasy team. And, you know, usually in a, in a normal league, you have one quarterback, you have one tight end, you have two running backs and sometimes three wide receivers and a flex, which is only running back and wide receiver. Right. So it's like you're, you need, six running backs and you know six running backs slash wide receivers on your team in order to start on a week-to-week basis so yeah. why why waste your early value picks on those tight ends and quarterbacks of course if travis kelsey falls to the fifth round i'll consider taking him but to take him in the second round or to take lamar in the second round or mahomes in the third round it just doesn't make sense to me it has no yeah. real value like, in my eyes for me streaming quarterbacks like you said, it's harder with tight ends. Yeah, so right. let's say you can draft a tight end late and he ends up being good. But you drafted a quarterback late, he's not that good. You end up right. dropping him. Now you have no quarterback in the team. Yeah. You look at the waiver wire. Let, like, let's say you're in a 10-team league, right? And let's say that all the other teams, the nine other teams, have a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback. If you go to Fantasy Pros and rank their quarterbacks 19 through like 30, yeah. There are guys on that list that you could stream. Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Locke, Gardner yeah, Minshew. Right. Like there are guys, those guys you could stream week to week very easily to get 20 plus points depending yeah. on the matchup. Uh, so like to me, I think that's the best way to go and it's the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just streaming it. Like you don't have to stream a quarterback, but just drafting yeah. a guy late. Uh, and speaking of drafting a guy late, I think at number 10, our final tip, draft for upside. Now, you can draft for upside throughout the draft. Like, that's all, always mm-hmm. good to draft for upside. But draft. what I had in mind with this tip was more later rounds. So once you get done with the core of your draft, first 9, 10 rounds, right, those last five rounds or so, I don't think you should be drafting a guy for your bench. You know, I think you want to draft a guy who could be a starter on your team or mm-hmm. someone else's. Someone who's got a lot of upside. You know, we look at examples from last year. There was two quarterbacks that went in the 14th round, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Obviously, yeah. Lamar Jackson was much better than Josh Allen, but Josh Allen was also a top six fantasy quarterback. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, and and there was a lot of guys last year. I act year like I forgot and, that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> but there's every single year. I wasn't year here for that. that. <laughs> rounds like 10 to 14. Yeah or 10 to 15, honestly, in those rounds, mm-hmm. you look back on every draft and you can go... There's always a stud somewhere. There's always a stud. It's usually but a tight also, end slash quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's also, like, a lot of good players, too. Not just, like, yeah. they don't have to be studs, but, like, wow, that guy's not going to go in the 11th round next year type of player. Yeah. Uh, like an Austin Hooper, for example. I think he Hoop, went, like, the is. 14th round in our draft that yeah. was going yep. in, like, that 13th To my team, and I dropped him for Mark Andrews. Right, and he ended up so being the number one right. tight end until he got hurt. Yeah, and Mark Andrews was a guy who was drafted late in a lot of drafts last year too. Yeah. Like, uh, and not—I mean, you know, that's just two examples for quarterbacks and wide receivers. I mean, quarterbacks and tight ends. Like, yeah. there's wide receivers and running backs too. It's a little harder to find those type of guys because 
which is another reason you should draft running backs and wide receivers early. Yeah. Um, but there's always guys with upside later in the draft that you should take instead of taking a Frank Gore, somebody who's going to get five touchdowns and be a, be on someone's Gore. fantasy roster, but he's going to sit at the end of the bench and get dropped every other week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you got the upside is very important, especially later in the drafts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with everything you said on that tip. I have nothing to add. Wow, that's rare. <laughs> Agreeing everything you said. Yeah. Won't happen a lot. Don't doesn't happen ever. Uh, Except with tips. Unless unless it comes with draft tips. Uh, that'll yeah. do it for the draft tips. Um, you got any closing thoughts for us, boss? Dude, I'm excited to see the schedule tonight. I really am too. I want to see how, well, I mean, we know what's happening. We kind of know what's yeah. happening. <laughs> that's already been leaked. But anyway, it's exciting to see. Apparently, they're going to do like a five-hour show. It's a it's a three hour show, yeah. Oh, that's so stupid. But it's a, with, yeah, it's they're you. taking advantage of quarantine. I yeah, get it. That's true. That's true. Um, well, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, don't forget to check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff. And we will uh, talk to you next week as we begin to jump into breaking down everything fantasy football for 2020. Wow. Awesome. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.